write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know That was the great sounds of Watts with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Preston, with my partner in crime. Long Island raised, Elm City made, EZ Blues is in the building. EZ Blues, you're about with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, whether you know the name or you are strangers, if you are revolutionists, with unreleased snippets, you can still pass the peas to Zoe Kravitz and Chris Farley without being an American dirtbag. And really, if you <laughs> dive deep into that whole statement right there, you can take what you are doing in this world and you can give back, which is one of the most important things out there. And today we are honored, we are blessed, and we are privileged to have the one of the best MCs out there today who is now focusing on giving back. And for that, put your hands together. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2. But mentally, put your hands together for the amazing, the fantastic Joey Bats in the house today. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. What a what a great intro, man. I, I feel like I should just bounce after that. I ain't got nothing <laughs> to say after that, man. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Look, man, you know, you know, you know, because our paths have crossed a million and a half times, but you know how much I respect you and, and everything you Thank do. You. And, and we're here today to talk about something that's near and dear and now a decade old, which is amazing to hear. What is it like yeah. doing hip hop for the homeless for now a decade and going stronger and stronger every year? Man, I tell you, bro, it's it's so funny to like it doesn't feel First of all, it doesn't feel like it's been nine, ten years. It definitely doesn't feel that long. And because of the people that I share the the tour with and because of the the nonprofits that we share the time of year with, the the memories are so incredibly vivid that like I could I could pinpoint and, I, and my memory is trash, <laughs> but <laughs> I could pinpoint I could pinpoint specific specific like years and tours and memories and shows and sets, um and just and just great feelings that you know re-energize and and try to help you refocus and recalibrate every single December for the last 10 years. So it's super special. No, it definitely is. And it, I, I love that you guys are doing that, but let's get real. What made you go? Cause man, you, you've got, you've got success in what you do. And you know, you're also doing what you do as, as, <clears throat> as the, as the main hustle. Uh, and, and that's a lot yep. of respect and honor in that as well. But you know, what made you turn internally and be like, Hey, let me use what I have here and make it better for other people. Yeah, um, I, I think it has to do with with the, the main hustle for the people for the folks listening. I am a school teacher by day. I have been a school teacher for over fifteen years now, and I think that was what kind of made me think about homelessness different. I started, uh, you know, I remember all those years ago, a student was displaced, and and I thought about it, and I was just like, okay, you know, like maybe this kid ran away from home, spent a weekend at a friend's house, but, you know, sometimes that spirals out of control and sometimes, you know, kids lose, you know, connections with their parents and sometimes kids don't have a stable place. And then I kind of thought about like the archetype of 
the homeless person, right? And like, mm -hmm. it's not always, you know, an older person. It's not someone, it's not always someone who's fallen on hard times. Many times it could be a veteran who came back to their life in shambles. Many times it could be someone dealing with mental health issues. Um, that's kind of what made me, you know, think about like, how could I help them? And, and I think that all those years ago, 10 years ago, I thought about my success as as a touring musician, as someone who had, you know, ex exceptional relationships with um, independent business owners, with, you know, club and bar owners and managers and bartenders and, you know, numerous, numerous acts and MCs around the state. And I said, I know, I, I feel confident that I could do something um, in a very great scale with with a lot of magnitude that would make an impact and i'm fortunate enough that people have supported me and and i think people recognize that when i when i put my mind to something and that, and that when i try to do something it's going to end up being incredible and uh my, my track record speaks for itself and people see the vision so i'm thankful for that and it's nice to be able to, to use our energy for you know someone else than ourselves and and what a beautiful vision it is. It started out, you know, dealing with you know, like a one show type of thing. And a lot of people would be like, okay, every time around the holiday season, we're going to put energy behind one <laughs> show, which let's be honest, it takes a lot of energy to put a show together. But this isn't just one show. Yeah. This is what, what do you got to, up to eight, nine, 12 shows now? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it never was one show. Even the first year we did, we did six. So we always, we've always like tried to make it a tour. Um, I think the first year it, it was, it was not as successful because I was thinking about doing it like back to back to back to back to back to back to back. So it was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. like no one's coming out on like a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, but, but now we have, we have a beautiful setup where we're able to like break it into weeks and we do, you know, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So like that, that being able to break it up and then giving myself and, and everybody else, like, you know, a couple of days to rest, is way way easier to manage um but to your point um the shows like every single show like back to back to back has been super successful and uh i mean i gotta give props to to the people involved as far as the djs as far as the, the mcs the people that like actually come and bring it you know like i'm not bringing it every single night not anymore <laughs> i'm in the building of course you know what i mean right. but like i'm just shaking hands and kissing babies you know, getting on a mic and thanking people like Russell Simmons, you know what I'm saying? But these, and selling t-shirts and like, selling t-shirts. Yeah, facts. Thank you for that. Yeah, true, true, true. But like these people are coming to bring it and like they're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm performing on New Britain on a Friday night. Boom, I'm trying to come out swinging. I'm trying to hit a home run. I'm trying to make tonight better than yesterday, better than tomorrow. And I think that is kind of like what we what we can be super thankful for because it adds it, that essentially is what every single independent artist needs. You have to make, you have to create events that people really, really um, should feel bad about missing out on. And they are. 
I mean, because you can have at any point in time, someone, you know, roll up through there, whether it be, you know, 50 by 50 or you have Chesky coming up on on one of the uh, one of the shows this year. Yeah. You know, and you usually have Chesky every single year because it's Chesky and that's what he does, (laughs) you know, as you were continuing to grow and stuff, how are you able to keep a lifeline in the scene that is growing and evolving and changing because you know hip-hop now is not just a single genre entity it is a multiple genre entity and you are pretty much you know you keep your ear to the pavement so to say um i i think you need to i i appreciate you recognizing that i think from the jump my mantra has always been um how do you create something memorable? How do we have longevity? And in order to do that, there has you have to be mindful of, I think about it like athletics, right? You have to be mindful of your draft picks, if you will, right? So like, I know that every single year I have to have like three to five artists that I've either never worked with before or who have never played the tour before because in in those hopes, and especially if they're, younger, obviously younger than me, younger than 30, younger than 25, you end up creating a relationship with with people and artists who see um, hip hop for the homeless, which is very different than the than the average hip hop show, especially the average local hip hop show. There's, you know, people check their egos, people check, you know, their uh, their pride people kind of understand that we're all working towards something um something that a lot of genres a lot of other genres have that hip-hop kind of is super weak in, in in regards to like you know a lot of punk bands are supporting each other a lot of metal bands are supporting each other um jazz country i'm sure same thing happens in in those circles but hip-hop is a very um you know, every man is an island kind of kind of deal. But hip hop for the homeless allows us to build a community. So I think by being mindful of having younger acts every year and new acts every year, it kind of helps me keep my ear to the pavement because I'm always looking for new people to pass the torch to. And as you are continuing to, to grow and, and pass the torch, um, who are the, the, the young and up and comers that you haven't worked with on this year's uh, hip hop for the homeless? Um, uh, on our Bridgeport show, there is, um, a DJ by the name of Chavarda and and Varda actually is also a performer and she's incredible. And this will be her first time performing as opposed to just DJ. And so I'm really pumped about that. Um, I've done a couple of shows with, uh, my friend East coast, Mm -hmm. um, and he, this will be his first time actually having a set on hip hop for the homeless. But in the past, he's like had like guest appearances, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm also trying to try to get prolific eight six zero on on one or two nights, and he's an incredible performer. And I mean, he's not even old enough to drink, so it's always about <laughs> figuring out what venue what venue we could sneak him into. You know what I mean? So. Um, <laughs> Those are just those are just three of the folks that I could think of off the top of my head. Right. Well, first of all, I I, I know everyone that you just mentioned, and then I was like, oh, Bart is ridiculous. It's actually I'm yeah. I'm shocked that that she hasn't um, performed on on one of these before because she's ridiculous. That's awesome. I know she's DJ. She's just been DJing, yeah. so we finally got her. We're, we're finally gonna get her out there rapping and singing and doing her thing. Yeah. 
Uh, that's that's, that's going to be crazy and special. And everyone that's you know in Bridgeport at the time, you better be out for that show because it is something that you definitely want to see. And that is, again, you spoke about it earlier, these events, not just the entire event, but these events in a solo aspect of it are all must-see type of events. You know, you go out yeah. there. It is this beautiful community. You know, you've got your awesome shirts that, that are there. I've got mine from last year still hanging in my closet. I look forward to getting mine from nice. this year because that's just who I am, you know. Um, now, as you are going forward and, and moving forward, are there any spots – you're looking to expand into say for next year for CT, uh, you know, venues or spots. As far as like new markets and new towns. Yeah. New, market and and new like markets. That. Yeah. Kind of like, cause I know like, I don't know how well it would play, but I know um, Scottish Dave's might be a good spot in Clinton to try to do something. Okay. Like you know what okay. I mean? Um, yeah. That, I mean, I, the issue will always be time. The issue will be, how much can we, you know, fit into the time allotted, you know, technically between, you know, Thanksgiving with enough time before Christmas Eve. So we're not making people go crazy. Right. Or Hanukkah for the folks who celebrate that. I, I For me, when we when I talk about growth, it's less about physical and geographic locations that we could be into. And it's more about growing the brand. Mm -hmm. And in my in my opinion, I think the, the brand has grown only so much um, from a grassroots perspective. I, I think that we we need to do, and like me, I guess, really, I have to do a much better job of trying to, to, to make us an official nonprofit and protecting right. the name and, and protecting the brand and what we have, because then what I could do is, is I could have conversations with people across the country, right? right. I, I could let people use the name hip hop for the homeless. I could let people, you know, you know, ha throw a show under that umbrella where I wouldn't have to be on board and I wouldn't have to be, you know, kind of protecting the thing that we've created. And for me, that, that is like, that's the legal step that I have to take, which would allow us, to to then not just focus on December and we could have hip hop for the homeless events throughout the year because right. folks need aid throughout the year, right? So like that's something that I definitely want want to get a place I definitely want to get to. And I think if we were able to do that, then I could have a one off show in the middle of the summer. I could have a one off in April. And then maybe by doing that, we can go to those specific cities and we could go to those specific locations and help out the people in those cities and towns who who don't receive enough um you know help or assistance or even publicity where where something that we'd be able to offer them so that's that's my homework you know once this tour ends that's i'm going to be going you know pretty pretty gung-ho for that for the next eight months well, and, and to help you with that homework, I'm a big fan of reaching out to people. So anyone who is listening right now, if you have any sort of real good guidance on how to go about the legal aspect of it, if you want to volunteer your time to help out and, and move this to that next level of generation, if you have a law degree and you're like, yeah, that's like two, two pieces of paper and a high five. We've got your high five. Let <laughs> us know. 
um, and we will totally, you know, get get this all squared away and taken care of because it is something that, you know, I, even as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about how there are other ways to incorporate, you know, because yes, hip hop for the homeless is great, but you know, you are leaving the, the you know, the, the punk rockers are like, wait a second. So I was thinking about doing like a conglomerate of like everything else for the homeless as well. You know, where yeah. it's where it's just a show of complete and total chaos and every genre is represented. Um, I love chaotic things like that, though. That's that's my brain. And <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> it's a little different. But, um, you know, as as you, you're moving forward. What are some of the obstacles that you've had to go over? Because this is exactly, and I love how you've broken it down into the branding aspect of it. The show is called Behind the Brand. On WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Preston, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building. Joey Bats is with us on Behind the Brand. Go ahead, easy. Dude, that was smooth. I'm sorry. I got to give you Smooth like Joey Bats on Behind the Brand. Let's get it going, <laughs> and the show must continue. Enough about Let's- me. but you know um what have been some of of the harder obstacles while trying to put something like this together while understanding what the branding behind it really is because that's a whole nother you know avenue that a lot of people don't understand you know they want to put a show together that's different but when you're putting together a tour and when you're putting together something that's now for 10 years has been self-sustaining enough that you can continue to go and do this (laughs) You know, what have some of those incredible obstacles been? Um, once again, I, I think that's a phenomenal question. I'm sure you have you have so many listeners who are also, you know, probably considering like entrepreneurial stints and, and, and trying to really create something for themselves and who are thinking about their own brand. And, and my number one piece of advice can be like, make sure you do good business always just do good solid business always oh like no matter what that's number one and and i say that to say i've been able to build this up every single year i've been able to sustain something for a decade because the people that support it and the people that help us offset costs and my sponsors they're rocking with me because of what they know that i am capable of and they know that I do good business. I wouldn't have, you know, we have 35 sponsors this year. Mm-hmm. The, the sponsors are integral because they are offsetting the cost. So if a venue's like, yo, dude, you can have my space, but not for free. Yo, dude, mm-hmm. you can have our PA system, but not for free. Yo, you can't do this. We have to pay for a door guy, a sound guy. We have to, I mean, we have to get 650, 750 shirts made every year, right? So like mm-hmm. that's that's cost. If if that cost comes out of the money we raise, we are inherently donating less money to the people who actually need money. So the 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 pitfalls and the hurdles and the obstacles that I've dealt with have have always been around that. People, you know corporations and conglomerates who who would normally donate um sad to say for a tax write-off mm-hmm. because i'm not an official nonprofit, because i'm not an official 5013c they can't get that tax break and they can't get that tax write-off so i'm thankful and lucky for the sponsors that we have who are willing to you know write a check to offset the cost of a t-shirt manufacturing and don't expect anything in return um, and I'm really thankful for that. And at, at the end of the day, I'm surprised that it's been 
you know, sustaining itself for, for the better half of, of 10 years. And, and I think I know to what I said earlier, that's why I know that it needs to change because this economy is fickle. The, mm-hmm. the economy, everything, everything raises and, and independent art is getting more expensive to create and independent, you know, locations are getting harder to sustain and, and that money has to come in sooner and that money has to come in, you know, greater than it, than it's currently coming in. So I know that I'm going to face more and more obstacles for the next 10 years if I want to keep doing this. So that's why I really have to be able to, to walk into, you know, a major corporation. I have to be able to walk into Bank of America. I have to be able to walk into Aetna and be like, yo, give us money. It's a tax write-off. I'll do the work for you because you're not trying to be in the trenches like me. Um, and that that's where that's our next step. That's where we have to go. Any any issues that we've had in the past has been because we've um, been faced with, you know, difficult decisions on how to get around the business aspect of creating our brand. Joey, um, what are some things about homelessness that the average person might not know of since you've been involved with the community for a very long time now? Um, yeah, I, I think that every single every single day and every single year uh, that that I spend time with them I'm checking my own biases I'm checking my own implicit biases and the things that I thought about homelessness throughout my whole entire life I, I'll never forget being you know 9 years old and and saving up money and trying to give money to someone on the street and like they didn't want it you know like I think we have to understand that like not everybody who's dealing with a displaced situation or someone who's dealing with homelessness, they might not necessarily want anything from us. I I think that they are in a period of um, change and they're in a period of, of, you know, relocation and and physical change. And they're just looking for means to kind of get back on their feet. And and sometimes a dollar ain't going to do it. And sometimes a, you know, a box of food ain't going to do it or, you know, some long johns and some thermal underwear is going to do it. So I think that we just need to be more mindful of the folks who are in those situations and we have to treat them a little bit like they're our loved ones because that could be Mm. us and that could be someone that we care deeply about because you never know, man, anything, Mm. anything could happen that would get you kicked out of of your situation physical, you know? Mm. That's so true. Yeah, and and it yeah. could it could be anyone, and it, you don't even know who, in your own circle, has been you know unhoused at some point in time. I mean, I spent some time you know living living in a van because I came back from you know a, the military aspect of it to realize I didn't have a house. You know, yeah. um, so you got to spend some of that that time, and that it was humbling. But you want to know something? All those those extra nights right now are, are so much more comfortable, you know, because I fought my way back yeah. and I earned my way back to be where I needed to be. Um, and, and it's really what it comes and, and, and think about right easy we got we got to think about like the pride aspect of of things i think a big a big thing that we don't realize is even myself even for the last 10 years and doing something like this i don't even have that many interactions with the humans that are impacted by you know homelessness or, or being displaced they don't mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to me i can't do nothing for them I, I, mm-hmm. I, me hopping into their life for 20 minutes 
that ain't nothing, bro. If I'm yeah. not willing to to be there for them and their connect throughout their time, and, and if I'm not in it for the long haul, they ain't want nothing to do with me. And and respectfully, I get it, right? Yeah. I get it. So I think we have to understand that these people want um they want to stay private. They 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 many times they they have to they they're looking for things that only um, professionals and people in certain situations can can help them with and <clears throat> I think that the people who really need our help are not the folks that we see every day I, I think the people who are dealing with with true homelessness and true you know um, living disparities are, are the folks who are more hidden and the folks who are behind the scenes um, and they they're, they're not panhandling I think that's one of the biggest um things that we need to realize when we think about the issue with homelessness. Yeah. No, it, it, it takes a lot and it's, it's really, I, I mean, it, there is that, that moment where you feel completely and totally helpless. There's, there's that moment where nothing is going to go right. There are, there are points in times where you have no idea where that next meal is going to come from and you have to fight that, you know, you think anybody wants to ask you, for help? No, that's not how any of us were raised. We all watch the same Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. We all, you know, been programmed that same type of way. You know, that asking for help was a bad thing. Being vulnerable is a bad yeah. thing. So then you're, you're forced to be vulnerable. And then you're forced. And when then you have a society that looks on you like you did something wrong when really you just existed and it just happened to be not your day. So if you can look a little bit that's more it, with compassion right? and open heartedness, man, that's, that's what we, we call to. So now how can, now that we've completely made everybody on the radio sad, uh, let, let's, let's bring up some spirits. <laughs> I you think know, informed. And, I don't think sad. Well, I don't know. I, I had, I had half a tear in my eye. It was half it, a tear. It, it, it was it's a half a tear. tear. Don't get me wrong, but I think this information yeah. needs to be uh, publicized because um, this is an everyday thing. And, and a lot of stuff right now, yeah. um, our everyday stuff is not getting cheaper. I mean, come on now. We're, we're complaining yeah. about eggs this year. Eggs. Yeah. Yeah. And like a couple yeah. years ago, eggs was inexpensive. Now eggs mm -hmm. and just, shoot, I'm, I'm afraid to breathe soon. It needs to be informed. I, I, think, I think the point, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's kind of what, what Easy was getting to. Like, yeah. we have to recognize, we have to recognize that that there are professionals in every field. Mm -hmm. There, there are professionals in the in the field of eggs, right? Like yeah. we have to recognize that in every <laughs> single field, there's 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 professionals. So, so if if the listeners are are sad, or or if the listeners yeah. are you know are uncom are uncomfortable because we're talking about something so real, mm. you do not have to 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 walk out of your house or walk get out of your cars and fix this. That that's not that's not what what the the call to action has ever been mm. no one man or woman is going to fix this overnight i think the listeners and the people who who received this message um to your point about compassion right mm. i think folks just need to realize like if i if i want to make a change or 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 support this cause or any of the causes i just have to make sure that my funds or, or my time or my donations are given to the people who are professionals in this regard. Right. I think that the, the point of Hip Hop for the Homeless is this year we're doing 10 shows. That's 10 different nonprofits. That's awesome. I, I am not. I, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I 
do hip hop for the homeless and, and I spend time with these folks and these nonprofits once a year. I do this once a year. And and mm-hmm. like I trust me, I'm I'm fulfilled, right? But in no way am I a saint like these folks mm-hmm. who spend every single year, uh every single day with, mm-hmm. with the folks, uh, you know, like that's the thing that I think I I, I learned the most by doing this is like I have mm-hmm. the means to give um, a pile of clothes, uh, a, a pile of goods, an envelope full of money to someone right. who knows exactly what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that is, that is the thing that I would love people to recognize is that instead of just, you know, sending your money somewhere and not knowing where it goes or, or, or giving money to someone on the street and not mm-hmm. knowing if it's going to help them or mm-hmm. if it's going to add to a drug problem or if mm-hmm. it's going to end up, you know, uh, being used for something, you know, inopportune. I think mm-hmm. they need to realize that there are people in place who, who do this and who it's their livelihood and, right. and they could help us out for sure. And that that's one of the, the key things because you, uh, you know, sit there and, and hip hop for the homeless is attached to so many of those not for profits and, and so many to, to understand. Um, for those that want to say, just go out and say they can't make one of the 10 shows. If you can't make one of the 10 shows, are you really from Connecticut? That's really <laughs> what I got to ask. But, uh, I'm sorry. All right. I was a little egotistical there, but you know, but if they can't make one of the 10 shows, what is your suggestion? How can they get kind of like in touch to either donate to hip hop to the homeless or donate to one of your subsidiaries? Um. Yeah, so I would say that if you if you check out Hip Hop for the Homeless, um, hopefully there's going to be a link either attached to this stream or, or attached to the show somehow. Or I could, I guess you could always just search for Hip Hop for the Homeless on Facebook. There's plenty of information on the flyer of of all ten nonprofits that you can get in touch with that you can donate directly to. This year, we'll also have a a GoFundMe link for everybody who can't make the shows who want to donate to us specifically, and we'll make sure that those funds go directly to one one of the nonprofits this year. So those are the the two quickest ways uh, if folks cannot make Mm -hmm. um, a a show in person. um, And I could always offer, you know, direct communication with myself um, in in hopes that they could uh, have an open conversation with me and I could point them in the right direction. And and that's and now say they can't get in touch with you, but they do want to, as you suggested, do the research. How can how can we find the right spot so that we're not getting you know um, uh, taken for advantage by you know someone who's who's being kind of slimy, uh, you know, with our emotions? Yeah, um, it's a sad truth. It's a, it's an ugly world, and and there are definitely. You know, people who who take advantage of of you know either either charity or or people who who find ways to you know skim money off the top of of any fundraising opportunity. I would say that um, you just got to do the research, and, and you're you're there a phone call away if you're old school. If you don't trust the stuff that you see uh, online. Um, a lot of these places are doing things for for the huge population of the homeless of the homeless folks. Um, they might not be doing it at the capacity or at the level where they are considered truly professional. So I would just say, you know, go online, send out an email, send out a phone call, and, and find a place that you are are most most comfortable with because 
typically the larger the shelters, um, the harder it is for them to uh, get away with doing, uh, you know, grimy activity. Right. No, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's one of those top things that you can do, you know, go out there and, and live with compassion and make sure that your research is, is done correctly. So, you know, because yeah. there, there's, there's uh there's just a certain way about it. You know, there's a certain, especially during the holiday season, you want, you hope that every family has, you know, that Christmas tree or that Hanukkah menorah memory uh, where everyone is happy, everyone is smiling and going about the day, but that's just not the reality. Um, and I think as we continue to grow and we continue to, to push forward and we continue to evolve as a society, um, I'm starting to see, I, I, you know, they just did the uh, uh, tiny house communities are starting to, to form a little bit further out mm. to the suburbs aspects of it so that there are less people that will be unhoused. Um, I, I'm hoping that we start to see some of these, you know, schools or churches that are abandoned get converted over. I think that'd be, uh, you know, working out real well. There's some malls. Yeah, that'd that be incredible. Be, that'd be incredible. Know. But that's all going to come with time. And, and it's also going to be going with taking these times to make sure that, you know, every year you should be going out and voting and making sure the people that, that are out there representing, that are supposed to be representing you on a local basis are actually representing your interests. And if they're not, you get out yep. there and represent your interest yourself. Uh, you know, I... Yeah stand on i'll stand on that platform until until the last air comes out of my lungs but you know we really want to be that difference we really want uh, that thing change comes from within and you know and that means you got to have to put a little bit of blood a little bit of sweat and a little bit of tears in there um and it's going to be worth it because it might not be a better day for you but it's a better tomorrow for that next generation and as for someone who has got three in that next generation I, I really hope that more people are sitting out there and, and trying to help out, you know, but that's just me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What's yeah. our, so, Kobe's, I, oh man, double Dutch people, yeah. double Dutch, double, double Dutch, Dutch. double Dutch. Go ahead. Easy. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's fine. I actually had a, I had, I had an air bubble stuck in there. So go ahead. That, zoom with the air bubbles is wild. Yes. Uh, Joey, what's on your playlist that, so, that we may not know of? What, what what's what's the deep oh man what's secret? on what's on my current playlist yeah current and what's something that we may not expect let's switch it up um i i've been spinning a lot of the new aesop rock album okay um aesop rock dropped i think like two two fridays ago i've been i've been playing a lot of that lately mm -hmm. that that's been pretty pretty incredible um he has like uh, a, a guest appearance uh, by Billy Woods. So I kind of went back and started listening to like some old Billy Woods stuff. Um, that's, that's been pretty cool. And uh, guilty, guilty pleasure. Yo, ready for this? I've been yeah. just like driving around listening to like the interstellar soundtrack. <laughs> like just. <laughs> it's a great just, movie. Like, yo. Phenomenal. It really is just phenomenal. To Christopher, no like, yeah, like just listening to like orchestra, like mm -hmm. heavy strings and mm -hmm. synths, and just like being like in my own world and like hoping that like my car will just start like floating <laughs> away. <laughs> so that that's kind of I kind of been on that man. I kind of been on that, and like sometimes I went like. When I'm in heavy thought mode and like heavy creativity mode, yeah, I can't really 
I can't afford to to listen to songs and music with lyrics because it just mm. it just puts me into overload. So yeah. okay. um being being a being yeah, being a lyricist, being a songwriter, sometimes and like, you know, an English teacher and I'm like grading a hundred essays a week. Like <laughs> oh, I, I get man. Like word I get like word overload. Yeah. And like sometimes like my brain my brain just like can't can't even you talk about double dutch man my brain just starts going on its own so oh i'm, I'm going need, right uh, now on wnhh lp 103.5 fm new haven myself <laughs> Preston, and my partner in crime long island rays elm city made ez blues is in the building joey bats is with us and i really don't feel interstellar soundtrack is a guilty pleasure i think it's a true treasure yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. that's great <laughs> no, it's, that. that's that. a, it's a great it's a great movie it's a great soundtrack and, and yeah. i love the fact that you know you also have those moments where you need to deal with an instrumental uh record because now we can we we can talk about it because there are so many people so super mad right now that you know the phenomenal artist andre 3000 you know oh, made, made wait 17 <laughs> years for for a solo record and the dude dropped a flute record and i'll be honest with you i love it man i jam yo there's some stuff on there i feel like i'm walking through times square and they, like he's just standing on the corner with the flute and 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 the, the, <laughs> the echo pedal and i love every second of it you know why do you think he took that crazy swing out of nowhere i don't yo I, I don't think it's a crazy swing. I, th I think that's the beautiful thing. I think that like, I mean, I'm going to go like super deep, but I know you guys are here for it. Like, mm -hmm. I think that um, record labels, I think that society, I think that um, Hollywood, I think that anytime that we are, that we step into a role that is created for us or, or a role that makes us money. We're expected to stay in that role. I think Andre 3000 does a beautiful job of reminding us of the duality of man, mm. right? Like, like we, we, we are not singular organisms. We are not one note, one trick ponies. You know what I mean? Like Sylvester Stallone, doesn't always have to be Rambo, but I mean, Expendables like five or six is coming out. So like maybe, <laughs> maybe he wants to do that. You know what I mean? But like, I think that as artists, especially artists who don't always have to be on camera, maybe it might be different for actors and actresses, but I think for recording artists, we have to be mindful of our, our own, you know, spiritual and mental duality where you know, it, it wasn't so like, oh, my God, this came out of left field. Andre dropped an album and he's just playing the flute. He didn't even drop one verse. Yeah, bro. You know, of course, he doesn't he doesn't want to. He doesn't need to. He wasn't just a lyricist when yeah, he was right. born. He wasn't yeah. just a lyricist in his 20s. He's not just a lyricist in his 40s. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's like, you know, the beautiful thing about it. I cringe. I cringe when people think that like I'm just a rapper, I'm just an English teacher, I'm just this. Like I don't I don't wanna just be that. Like that's not what I've afforded myself. That's not that's not the life that I've created for myself. You know, you don't just stop living when you become a father. You don't just mm -hmm. stop living when you settle into a career. That's you don't true. just stop living when you get when you get married. There's so many levels of us that I think the people who are one note 
the people who are one trick ponies, I think they, those are the ones who end up falling into a midlife crisis. Those are the ones who end up really falling into a, a state of depression because they have no other means of expression. Do you feel most people, oh, not most people, I'm I'm, I'm going to label the group, most fans, most fandoms um, put their favorite artists into one box. They don't think that they're multidimensional all the time like because they because they're so attached to that nostalgia that they had back into the day because they don't really think these people are individuals 100%. and artists in their life. They can't see, you know yep. what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's kind of like you're, like that, a, you're I favorite. think that. Yeah. No, no, I'm going. I'm, 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 it's, I'm, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm go ahead. Go ahead. You're right. Double no, Dutch. Dude, double Dutch. Go ahead. One hundred percent right. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I think we, yeah. I think we, we, we expect them to do mm-hmm. something for us. Yeah. Right. I think this. I think this is even what you know. Kurt Cobain struggled with. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mm-hmm. this is why you know. So some some people feel like artists need to you know leave the earth before they age out of their role because mm-hmm. we have them they're they're crystallized they're frozen mm-hmm. in time you know Biggie Smalls is frozen in time for the music that Biggie made like mm-hmm. we don't know what Biggie what Biggie would have made in forty at fifty right true right true. like like. Where we will never know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think that, yeah, of course. Like, think about the people who like get rich or die trying. Like, yo, that's my anthem. Every every song on that is a banger. I'm putting on my G Unit <laughs> wife beater. I'm I'm going to the club. I'm making yeah. I'm making noise. I'm making moves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't ever want to see Fifty Cent make any other music than that, yeah. right? Right. Like, like you don't you don't want to see that happen, right? So. <clears throat> I, I think that people definitely uh, set expectations, and and I think that's you know the most cerebral artists, um, kind of kind of buck that trend. Whether that's Lupe Fiasco, whether that's you know Kanye West in in, in a in a weird way, whether that's Andre Three Thousand, um, even I know people who who are Nas fans who hate the stuff that Nas is doing with Hit Boy because they don't like his new sound. But mm. right, how do you how do you how do you stay how do you stay where you are after right. being in the game 30 years? Right. True. Well, so true. And that's, that's been happening like forever. Cause I, I remember corn taking completely out of the genre, but corn actually has a record called make me bad, which is all towards the fans that wanted every single song to be like how things were on follow the leader, except now these guys didn't have to worry about every meal didn't have to, you know, all these other issues that weren't there anymore because, you know, they could afford good therapy and we're, we're, yeah. we're feeling pretty good about themselves, you know? But now, you know, their yeah. fans are like, you can only make music that is sad. And you're <laughs> only allowed to be sad while you're making that music. You know, so it's it's yeah. it's a lot and there's a lot of pressure. That's why you've got a lot of people that get mad at Star Wars movies because it didn't end the way they wanted it to end. So here's the thing. Yeah. If you want so that true. Star Wars movie to end that certain way, get up off your butt, get a pen, get a laptop, and write your Star Wars movie. <laughs> Have it end your way. Without without Jar Jar Binks. Without don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> include, don't include Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Unless you're gonna include him as like the ultimate bad guy that actually controlled the entire thing. That'll that'll be a good thing. Like, oh, really? It was Jar Jar the entire time? What a Scooby-Doo ending. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. I saw, like, this OG fan theory that was like, what if Jar Jar Binks was the smartest character in Star Wars? I believe like, it. The, the ultimate Jedi. I would believe that. <laughs> so much. It makes so much Girl. sense. It's always the person that you <laughs> least we expect. hope for it. I thought we just, we just hoped for it because the character was that bad. There was like, there's got to be a better reason for this horrible character. And oh. like, wait, he was a senator? What? Nah, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's too funny, man. That's yeah. too funny. But unfortunately, they are pulling the Apollo curtain on us right now. We're going to have to start winding things down. But we want to give this opportunity to you. First and foremost, we got to ask you the question we try to ask everybody. What is the one thing you are the most grateful for and feel the most blessed about in your entire journey whether it be in the field of of music or in life in in general and two how can people get in touch with you how can they support you and how can they uh, invest in how you go forward Mm. uh i think the thing that i am most thankful for is that um I've never been arrested for the millions of stickers I have up everywhere in the entire <laughs> country. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never been arrested for vandalism, which is amazing. There you go. Um, and, I, and I'm thankful for my fan base and I'm thankful for the people who know that I am a real dude and that I um um, you know, that I that I live by the words that I say and, and um, the feet that I stand on. Um, people could always check out the journey at Rap Joey Bats um, on Twitter, at Rap Joey Bats, at Rap Joey Bats on Instagram. That's B-A-T-T-S. Um, you could always check out the, the hip hop for the homeless journey as well. And uh, I feel great. I, I have a ton of energy. I don't feel anywhere near the age of 40 and and i can't wait to do this for another 30 years definitely joey thank you so much for being a part of the program we appreciate you yeah i appreciate it guys thank you again this was a ton of fun man i really appreciate it no doubt myself preston and my partner in crime long island rays elm city made ez blues and this has been behind the brand on wnhh lp 103.5 fm new Haven. Heavy like the rain cell Two for five puddles in the mud But they age well Yo, we rap about the things in his head But they metaphors, baby And they covered in depth I'm talking bloody Indebted to his buddies till death Homie don't do anything for himself I'm all set Heavy feet up on the pavement Fatso In a dog-eat-dog world Tell me where do the cats go Fauna and flora make the earth squeak When the Richter scale tips And the earthquakes, the earth beats Erosion sprinkles boulders in the sand like birdseed Echoes in the canyon, you heard, you heard. They built buildings that we stumbled through. They built mountains, but they crumbled too. Earthquakes come and rumble through. Them real mountains, they will humble you. Baby, build a sandcastle with me. So we can kick it on down and leave. Baby, build a sandcastle with me. So we can watch it fall apart with the breeze. Bro.
brain heavier than levees on scene When they break and the dam spills heavy on me Like Kool-Aid, red flavor on my white tee I can't even stay fly, guard bats with broke wings That's a dope thing, splitting like beams When they thin enough, the visible spectrum isn't seen So Beta Ray bounce back, Beta Ray bill This is Asgard's backlog with passionate will I will babble on backspin, but I'm hard I don't like many earthlings or Martians on Mars I just meditate to be great let karma be God, so I could internalize all the comets and stars. This is Ursa, Major, the goddess, creator, zodiac, constellation, planet, savior. We struggle in this life, most to chase paper, but that won't matter when you gotta meet your milk. They will humble you. Baby, build a sandcastle with me so we can kick it on down and leave. Baby, build a sandcastle with me so we can watch it fall apart with the breeze. Baby, build a sandcastle with me so we can kick it on down and leave. Build a sandcastle.